Welcome, travelers of the multiverse, as Fantastic Geek Chronicles What If on Disney+. Plus. We are the official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me is the every multiverse episode variant of Pete. Hello, every episode, Pete. I believe the term is BFF. The Marvel Movie Podcast by Fantastic Geek for episode 109, the season one finale, What If the Watcher Broke His Oath, is brought to you by Alternate Dimension Chinese Delivery. Stomach face is getting rumbly. Pete, also on the Disney Plus, you may have heard of the little engine that could, the movie that Bob Chapek didn't want you to see. Black Widow, now available to all on Disney Plus, uh, along with some exclusive deleted scenes and other goodies. Pete, surprising to some that those uh, bits and bobs were uh, indeed exclusive, even not included on the Blu-ray. Yes, now that Black Widow is available to all Disney Plus subscribers and just as a... uh, a bit of info. It took 88 days from first stream to that happening. So that's a number to look at in the future. Uh, but yes, uh, you could go buy it uh, digitally uh, before this, uh, either physically or, uh, you know, uh, electronically, no deleted scenes. So Disney giving you some value there. Uh, also, around the geek multiverse, uh, later today as we record, there is the Star Trek Discovery panel at New York Comic Con. And of course, we will be podcasting all the Star Trek Universe info from New York Comic Con uh, on Monday, October 11th. Absolutely, bringing it all to you, Marvel, sitting this one out, Star Wars, sitting you this one, sitting this one out. We'll bring you everything that we podcast. When we catch you up on what went down, a Quinjet carries Captain Carter, Natasha Romanoff, and Brock Rumlow to the Lemurian Star to liberate it from pirates led by Batrock. Romanoff asks if Carter has plans for Saturday night before she leaps to the Lemurian Star without a parachute. She easily clears the deck and is in the process of taking out Batrock when the Watcher appears to inform her she's been chosen. At a Missouri Dairy Queen, Ego is draining Peter Quill of his celestial energy when Star-Lord T'Challa, leader of the Ravagers and Lost Prince of Wakanda, rescues him and is chosen by the Watcher. At Nidavellir, the Watcher chooses Gamora, survivor of Sakaar and destroyer of Thanos, in front of Tony Stark, clad in Sakarian armor, and Itri, the Dwarf King. In Wakanda, as Pepper Potts and Princess Shuri close in to capture him for his crimes, Eric Killmonger Stevens is chosen by the Watcher? In a Las Vegas siege by Ultron, Party Thor is chosen and carried off with the others to a pub where Carter sees a picture of Steve Rogers. The facade was Dr. Strange Supreme's idea. The Watcher reappears to tell them of their highly dangerous and absolutely necessary mission, which requires a team, the Guardians of the Multiverse. 
he explains the threat of Ultron across every universe with the Infinity Stones. First, they'll have to find him, recover, then destroy the stones using Gamora's Infinity Crusher. Carter reviews the plan to get the Soul Stone to Gamora. In a universe without enough intelligent life to attract Ultron, Strange and Carter bond over the wounds of love. Killmonger tinkers with an Ultron drone. Strange botches a toast before Thor inadvertently gets Ultron's attention. Strange casts a protection spell over the Guardians. T'Challa steals the Soul Stone. Strange summons zombies as they flee, and Ultron battles the undead Wanda Maximoff. The Guardians regroup in the universe Ultron came from, where that Natasha steals the Soul Stone. Carter talks her down before Ultron arrives, and they unleash their combined might on him. Gamora powers up the Infinity Crusher with the Soul Stone as they subdue Ultron, but it doesn't feel over. The Crusher was only designed to destroy the stones in Gamora's universe. Romanoff fires the arrow with the computer virus in it, and Carter holds Ultron's helmet open so it hits. Arnim Zola battles Ultron on the inside. Killmonger, who did nothing, takes the stones from Ultron and tells the others they could fix their universes and lives, but he won't hand them over. Zola and Killmonger wrestle over the stones, and Strange and the Watcher imprison them in a pocket dimension. The Watcher expresses gratitude to the Guardians, but their worlds will never know the victory when they're returned to the exact moments they left. Carter lingers in the hope of seeing Steve again. Romanoff refuses to go back, and the Watcher whisks her to the universe that lost its Black Widow, where Rogers, Carol Danvers, Nick Fury, and his replacement Avengers fight Loki. Romanoff gets Loki's scepter and the upper hand. The Watcher vows to protect every universe and their stories to the end. In the first ever What If credit scene, Romanoff electrocutes Batrock and shows Carter what the pirates were after. The Hydra Stomper, and there's someone inside. With that alert to the multiple divergences, Pete, let's talk about uh, what has changed and would we keep the changes. Uh... Pete, let me start with an, an overall thought of the many changes in this episode. Uh, Pete, I like me some regular pizza. I might go into a brand new pizzeria and say, ooh, you know what? I will sample that crazy slice of such and such. Maybe I will go for a meatball slice as well. Kind of felt like this episode turned what if, which was individual little interesting slices into, oh no, there's been a plan all along. You must buy the pie. Uh, I mean, for me, the biggest thing came down to, and it was pointed out by uh, one of our uh, listeners on Twitter, we were promised a Gamora episode. This wasn't a Gamora episode. I wonder if the nine episode season one count here and the holdover 
from her introduction has now been pushed to season two? I think that's a really good question. Clearly, this was the plan all season. I mean, I think of some of the, you know, some of the loose threads. We, we in fact, had wondered many times this season, you know, would, uh, you know, would Pepper Potts in Wakanda, would that, would that kind of storyline be continued? This, that, the other. The answer is lots and lots was continued, if only for this episode. Um, so maybe Pete, at some midpoint in production or... Uh, it's a little tough to talk points of production when you talk animation, but maybe the, the decision was made. You can still keep Gamora in the season finale, but then right. excise the Gamora standalone episode. Um, I don't know. It the, the whole season was a weird decision just in terms of axing that one episode and, and all that. I still don't quite get it when, Meanwhile, over on Star Trek Lower Decks, they were able to keep their 10-episode season. I, I don't know enough about the particulars, but but Pete, let me ask you about this. Did you find it kind of um, weirdly amusing that after the chief complaint, at least from me, for the first Captain Carter episode was that they kind of strictly adhered to the first Captain America movie's storyline uh here insofar as we're getting the captain america winter soldier storyline at the beginning then at the end that we are also strictly adhering to it including lifting lines and things like that and any source of amusement there from you oh i love it i love it and i hope this becomes a trope i hope they do civil war um i'd love to see could steve fill both the Steve Rogers role, obviously. Okay. You flip the script with, you know, Peggy being the hero and, and Steve being the love interest. Um, could they make him the winter soldier? Could they do that? That could be a lot of fun. What if Steve Rogers is the young rascal called in to, uh, you know, called in off the bench in a Captain Carter Civil War and it's now Steve Rogers, the Iron Spider? I'd, I'd be there for that as well. I, I think you could have a lot of fun with these things. I do think the Gamora one will lead off the second season. Um, but, you know, obviously with Haley Atwell's involvement here in the overall production, um, I, I think it would be wise to do that. So a little bit of a finger wag here for me. The Infinity Crusher is something that they can instantly understand. Uh, they can understand why it is not working because they're in a different universe, but they didn't anticipate that it wouldn't work in a different universe. Um, I get what the show offers up, but I feel like surely they should have anticipated that if they're able to figure it out so quickly. Yeah, from the introduction to the use of it, you would think it would be apparent. I'm okay with that it didn't just in terms of, all right, story point, false hope, that false hope taken away. Um, for me, it worked. And then uh, last one on my list here, uh, I guess not a, not a critique as much as, you know, well, as much as this, Pete, given Disney's poor treatment of Scarlett Johansson uh, over the summer, I was amused that this week we had two versions of Black Widow, including a transplantation of the character. You know, a reminder that Black Widow is more than, uh, you know, some sort of uh, 
parks artifacts that you can move around from here to there. Black Widow is a character that means a lot to people and uh, and is more than some sort of, you know, kind of kind of corporate piece. I mean, listen, arguably the two most important characters in this season of streaming TV are Peggy Carter and Natasha Romanoff, you know, featured across, you know, so many episodes here and to get the resonance to get dropped in at the end to a universe where they lost their black widow. Uh, thank God, Matt, we live in a universe where Disney came to its senses about our black widow. Indeed. Well said, well said. Uh, what thoughts do you have on these divergences? Really interesting how the MCU has had this rekindling of a love affair with Batrock between uh, Falcon and the winter soldier and now what if, okay, this, this character not seen on a screen since 2013 has had a big year. Yeah. And you know what? He's a, I mean, he's a fun character. Uh, the actor certainly made an impression all the way back in uh, what is a relatively short scene in winter soldier. And I, I don't know. I think it's just one of those things where, it makes sense to bring him back as a familiar antagonist for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And probably it was a case of, you know, as you're putting that deal together, all right, insert a, a an animation. Uh, I don't want to say clause as though it was, it was a surprise to the actor, but just, you know, while you're negotiating the one and while there's this um, relatively newfound, let's say in the last two or three years, um, interest by Marvel Studios to have, you know, contracts that are flexible in terms of, having Jonathan Majors appear in a TV show, then be the bad guy in a movie. And presumably it's a multi-movie deal, but does he then show up in, you know, uh, it's rumored that he's going to show up in, um, uh, the, the, Iron Heart, Ms. Marvel, Secret Invasion. That's what it is. You know, there's all these rumors, all these film actors are going to show up in Secret Invasion. Let it be flexible. And if, like I said, if you're going to make the deal with this guy to come in and do Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Hey, while he's on set, step into you know step into a, a quiet area or a booth and record some of the uh record some of the what if lines before you head out head out there to go fight falcon um is hydra in shield in this universe we see at the beginning of the episode is is that another absolute point um i don't know that it needs to be an absolute point if only because i think you could have a fun you know what if hydra was never existed or what if uh hydra was defeated in world war ii which is not a great title but you know my point being it would be it would be fun to see maybe as opposed to these kind of um uh, kind of very chronologically close episodes you know like we see the battle for 30 minutes in this episode if you did some sort of history of the 20th and 21st century uh, without Hydra. That could be a fun, very different style episode. That said, is it ultra convenient to always have this shadow organization in your back pocket story-wise? For example, oh man, how are we going to defeat, um, you know, to, to defeat Ultron, this supreme power? Well, we do have a computer guy hanging out in a, you know, on a mainframe in New Jersey. Oh, that got destroyed. Hanging out on a mainframe somewhere else because there's a backup. Like, it's just a really, really 
handy uh, storytelling device. Is Peggy finding Steve proof that their relationship, one getting lost in time, the other uh, somehow winding back up in their time is another absolute point in the MCU. Well, I think our hearts want that. And we can look at the, you know, the run of films concluding with Endgame and say, okay, now there is the arc. There's the complete arc, including the happy ending. Um, so Pete, I'm all for that happy ending between uh, Peggy Carter and Steve Rogers. That said, I would like to put uh, five credits on the table here to say that when we pick up with the Captain Carter stories next season, uh, who will be in there? Dramatic reveal, missed in the air. I bet it will be someone else, um, just because that would be a fun twist. And uh, particularly Pete, since with Captain Carter, we're adhering very closely to the Captain America uh, bit here. Maybe she has to go back in time and save him during world war ii and that will be their happy ending can we get more peggy and natasha please pete they are a great pairing uh i think it speaks not only to the um you know black widow and the captain whether it's captain america or captain carter um but just these two powerful women it's 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 a great partnership it's a great friendship and uh, let's hope that we get more of that. That, that, that. That's part of the the beauty, I think, of of what if season two. Yes, for as much as we can look back and say, okay, now I understand how four or five of the episodes had kind of frayed edges at the end where you go, are we going to go back to Killbonger? Yes, it turns out that was set up for the two and a half uh, episode, the episodes that make up the season finale um all the more reason to say regardless of other continuity and this and that the other and shifting universes can you do a captain carter and black widow story absolutely with that in the offing we seem to have gotten the last of chadwick boseman as t'challa yeah i think that um could there be the possibility that there's some extra bits of footage uh, you know audio footage um could be that said it's probably best at a certain point it's probably best for marvel to not you know quote unquote scrape the bottom of the barrel but instead just kind of call the shot pick your ending if if the season started perhaps not with the first episode but in the second episode uh if the season started with a an initially unintended but nonetheless a heartfelt goodbye to chadwick boseman but then you've still had other footage throughout the end. Um, let this be it. Um, if this has been a pandemic-impacted production, I don't know that you need Chadwick Boseman to come in and say, good job, team. Now on to the next thing. Like, Let that not be your finale. Let this finale of the season where he's part of a team again and good is made for all these universes, kind of let that be the point. Pete, could I tell you what the last line was that he spoke? Uh, not offhand. I'm sure it'd be easy enough to go back and look and find it. But I kind of, I like that, you know, good soldiers fade away. I like that Chadwick Boseman, or, or rather, shall we say, T'Challa, kind of gets to to fade away in, in the mind and the heart. Uh, Gamora and the Soul Stone, do we get that story? Is that 
part of uh, her what if. I know that's been an area that you really zero in on. And I know that me getting ready to say, no, Pete, it won't. Uh, <laughs> when I'm listening to this in the countdown to what if season two, like re-listening to the season say, oh, yes, all those memories from fr from last year. Um, I'm going to be like, okay, got it. No Gamora Soulstone was my prediction. Uh, and then I'm going to tune in uh, on a Wednesday. And it's going to be, what if Gamora got the Soulstone in every multiverse? And I'm going to be like, <laughs> son of a B-cook. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, I'm going to vote no with the, uh, uh, with the option of being very wrong. Will this pocket dimension that Ultron and Zola are perpetually fighting over the stones come back to haunt us? Well, that's a really interesting question because I kept, I did not love this episode. I stick with my pizza analogy. Pete, I love all sorts of pizza. Would I ever order a macaroni cheese pizza? I would not order a whole pie of that. That sounds too much, too much starch, too much cheese and so forth. Would I go into some brand new pizzeria, perhaps in some some far off 2022 New York Comic Con future and say, yes, I will try a slice of that along with a slice of the pepperoni. So if I don't like the one, I, can, I still have an old standby. I stand by all that. This season was ultimately the, the last turn of this season. Pete, shades of one Jeff Loeb in terms of the way Marvel television would end a season where it's both everything and nothing. And it's the end for now. It's the end to be continued. Um, same thing here. You know, Ultron and Zola are officially gone for forever until the next time you need them, which might be episode 201, which might be the, the end of season two finale arc. Um, it might be 10 years from now when Disney hologram needs stories and they say, what if, you know, Zola and Ultron broke out of their thing? Watch it now in your hollow glasses that gets beamed directly into you, the back of your eyeballs. Uh, Star Trek, the game style. So I guess what I'm trying to say, Pete, it's a long way of saying I'm a little irked that it is that all or nothing, all and nothing, I suppose I should say, uh, as opposed to something a bit more definitive. Really enjoyed Romanoff pushing back on the watcher. Did you make popcorn while you watched Ultron burn my universe to the ground? And then how he puts her in another universe that lost its Black Widow, even though he can't intervene. Uh, yes, cosmically, hashtag justice for Black Widow, um, all within a week or two of corporate justice for Scarlett Johansson. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, again, I know, I know, I know I was overly watching the Black Widow stuff through real world eyes, um, which of course the two are not connected. There's no way that this episode, you know, most of this episode um, would have been produced. And again, in the world of animation, you know, writing is, sketching is rough draft is the beginning of final animation and then con the conclusion of it and so forth it's all kind of a, a continuous process most of this episode would have been made well before the Scarlett Johansson lawsuit uh and subsequent you know uh secret solution that they came up with but 
nonetheless, I'm watching this going, you can't beat Black Widow in any universe, including in ours, in the real in the real world from which we watch. If Steve Rogers is not in the Hydra Stomper, who is? Um could be Howard Stark. Could be random other person. Uh, I by random other person, Pete. It literally just could be Joe Schmo, a soldier. Maybe it's also an opportunity to go off the Marvel Comics bench. Um, and I must confess, I don't know a lot of the, you know, the the, the fourth and fifth tier characters. But you know, maybe it's a Captain Britain person, or maybe you know, maybe it's maybe it's somebody like that where you go, whoa, deep cut. Um, I think it depends. Ultimately, it depends what they want to do story-wise with that pop, with that reveal. If it's just this moment of we're setting up uh, her disappointment and that itself will turn into her going on a time heist and so on and so forth and then going back to um, being reunited with Steve post-World War II uh, or, or whatever the particulars are, okay, fine. If you want to have Steve Rogers show up there, you know, Pete, unlike my call of no soul stone could it be steve rogers in there absolutely sometimes it's occam's razor sometimes it's the easiest answer is the one that the, the one that best fits um so <laughs> pete i think i've covered all my bases steve rogers <laughs> another important character a minor character or a true nobody i'm gonna go the route of uh the character we did not see um who people would want also a little bit of a men in black flair to it. Baby Groot inside the Hydra Stromper. Make it happen. Uh, Pete, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but that's part of what you get to do with. What if you just need to have it make sense for as long as you need it, which used to be one episode, but now we understand it's a series of interconnected episodes telling a larger story. And if so, so be it. Let us check, Pete, some of the messages from the multiverse. Uh, the criteria here, how many uh, Infinity Stones would you give the season finale? Now, Pete, because, of course, of the particulars of uh, how Twitter maximizes you at, uh, at four, uh, there was no one stone option. But, Pete, you'll see how the people voted, and you can infer how many people would have given this one stone if that was an option. So, Pete, the bottom one, two stones, got 0%. Three stones, 1.9%. Four stones, 30.2%. And then five stones, Pete, talking the whole gauntlet there, 67.9%. So, enthusiasm galore there. We heard first from James the Sagacious, that's at Big Killing on Twitter. Uh, nice wrap-up. Didn't really notice until I read the comments, but the Gamora thing was strange. Can't wait to see the Watcher in live action. Pete, I think that by implication, uh, James Killen there would like you to go on the record. When will we see the Watcher in live action? I'd like you to give me, at the very least, a year uh, and perhaps a, 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 a flim from there. 2022. Ooh, that's... That narrows it down, Pete, too, at least in live in, in the movie end, Doctor Strange, Thor, Black Panther, or the Marvels. So time will tell there. We heard from a captain in any universe, Pete. Captain Noel Gardner. That's at Noel Camille on Twitter. Uh, excellent finale. Visually stunning, and the story wrapped up well, for the most part. 
what is uh, Steve in the box? <laughs> well done, Noel. Uh, I can't wait to see uh, what happens in season two and how they work with the missing Gamora episode. The multiplying ball of Molniers was my one of my favorite parts. Uh, JT Adkins, it's at JTA is me, says, pay off for the suffering. Okay, Watcher, you're an all right guy after all. We heard from Jackie Wolf, that's at Jackie Wolf. Overall, I liked the episode a lot. Loved seeing more Captain Carter and getting a little more depth to some of the characters. I do feel as if they overdid the idiotic Thor trope once again. Uh, we heard as well from Nathan Nolan Edwards, it's at Nolan Edwards. What a satisfying end to the season. I love how few obvious clues we were given during the season and how satisfying the conclusion was. A universe getting their widow back hit me hard. Ooh, Pete, maybe that's telegraphing a possibility to bring back old Scar Joe now that there's peace, peace in the exactly. land again. Um, we heard from Gareth Morris. It's at uh, Tinder Biscuit, uh, who replied with a GIF or GIF, uh, your multiverse pronunciation may vary uh actually i guess it's more of a screen cap regardless pete it's from the buffy in which uh buffy is saying to uh james marster's guy uh or vice versa you don't have the stones uh we heard from what of it that's at kclyle1 on twitter i loved it i thought it was uh great the way they pulled off all the different stories together Having said that, I hope this isn't how season two goes. We've seen it. Move on. Minor crossovers, maybe, but not all of them. Leave them in their pocket dimension. No need to revisit. Pete, that was agreed to by Spider-Ham Lincoln at LC139. So let me ask you this, Pete. Congrats. You are now the new showrunner of What If Season 2. Do you go back to the well for another overall story with a big climactic battle towards the end? A classic Marvel third act which we all know is always the weakest act in a Marvel movie, uh, or do you keep them all self-contained? Uh, a little bit of both. Okay. Andre Yeager at Dr. Polo 1983. Excellent conclusion to the season. Tied up all the loose ends while providing a satisfying ending. Also left a nice breadcrumb for season two. Good job, Marvel. Uh, and uh, Mike Harwell at Harwell M3 replied to Andre and said, I need to get out more. Um, and last, Pete, but certainly not least, we hear from uh, Spider-Ham Lincoln, who's, uh, again, TessLC139 on Twitter, who said as follows, This was a great series that had a nice finale to wrap it up, while still keeping the multiversal doors open for more. I feel, however, like we were missing a 10-issue comic book story to read that had a, uh, that we were given a ten issue comic book story to read that had a middle uh, issue missing. I guess uh, there were production reasons for not airing the Gamora episode, but this finale felt awkward when she was the only chosen uh, that we had zero connection to. I would have preferred a delay to airing the series so that her ep wasn't pushed to season two. Uh, and it's always nice to hear Chadwick's voice. Um, and then, Pete, the reply to those thoughts from Jackie Wolf, who said, I was promised a Gamora episode and uh, a GIF GIF uh, from uh, Willy Wonka, in which uh, Missy Pyle is saying, can I speak to the manager? Pete, <laughs> listen, the way things are right now with the topsy-turvy world of Bob Chapek running things, including this past week, a Hollywood Reporter article that had some very kind of uh, inside baseball scoffing towards what Hollywood thinks of him as a non-creative guy. I would have to say to Jackie Wolf, 
who is the manager, is the manager, Kevin Feige, the most uh, financially successful producer of all time. That isn't an objective fact. Uh, or, or is it Bob Chapek moving pieces around to just get money out of the system? Is it creative or is it business? I don't know. Your thoughts, Pete, as we talk about corporate structure are the most exciting thing here. <laughs> Not really. Pete, this entire season, including next week's What If Season 1 finale podcast that we will do. So a reminder, we too are to be continued. Uh, but the entire season made possible by those who support us on Patreon.com slash Fantastic Geek. What if you go to patreon.com slash fantastic geek and you place the value on the podcast, uh, all sorts of rewards behind that door takes just a dollar a month to get you there. Uh, and you could make all of this possible. We are so proud as always to continue to be listener supported, particularly Pete we got a slightly quieter October, rest of October. You know, we got some series wraps, this lower deck. It's called so recovery, I'm... Matt. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But Pete, look, the longest month ahead of us is going to be, it's a month that ease, that's easy for everybody, okay? December, right? What's going on in December? You know, we'll be in the thick of Hawkeye and Discovery and Spider-Man No Way Home and previewing Book of Boba Fett and starting to, to, to podcast that as well. And, uh, you know, that comes with it, the storage stuff and the bandwidth stuff and blah, 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 all the technical stuff. And, uh, Pete, just another example of how we can look ahead to that schedule and say, I know I got gas in the tank because there's those people on Patreon helping put the gas in there. They put it in there. Absolutely. Well, Pete, ahead of our podcast for next week, as we look back at the entire season of What If, uh, how can people be in touch with you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 12,083 followers, can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do be in touch with the podcast, comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But maybe there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with the PH, all one word, like it today. For those listening on the Pop Culture Podcast feed, back tomorrow to talk the not-quite-season finale of Lower Decks, episode 209. If you're here just for the Marvel goodness, back next week as stated before to wrap the season as a whole. With that, Pete, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word. Never doubt. Sticky fingers.